Hello everybody, uh, it's Logan and I'm back, finally, after over a month. And uh, I apologize, but I will be putting more of these up uh, as I have the time. Hopefully that'll be uh, more consistent than not consistent. But anyway, today I'm going to be talking about the My Hero Academia movie that came out, uh, well it was in select theaters last week and this week. Uh, is called My Hero Academia Two Heroes, and I'm going to be talking about that a little bit. Uh, let me first say that uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at HeartRightYT, that's H-E-A-R-T-R-I-G-H-T-Y-T. Uh, you can also uh, check out my YouTube channel, there should be more stuff going up there, hopefully, um, if you just search HeartRight in the search bar. My icon is just a like a heart from a, a heart container from Zelda. So, um, first of all, let me just give some opening thoughts about the movie. I went to see it in a very, very crowded theater, uh, Wednesday, September, what would have that been? Nine, eight, seven, six, 26th. So I saw, <laughs> I saw it, uh, September 26th in a very crowded theater. Some people even, uh, cosplayed in there, and, I, and I'd like to point out that I live in Idaho, so you wouldn't think that there would be that many anime fans here, but they come out of the woodwork when you have, like, two showings. And also, I should mention that I went to see the sub, not the dub, just because that's what I've been used to, and that's uh, what I've been watching this whole time. I haven't been able to wait for the dub to come out. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and uh, I would recommend it if you are a fan of My Hero Academia. Uh, it's fun. It, you know, it's entertaining. Uh, you get to see, like, all the main characters use their powers uh, and fight crime. So, it's, you know, it was a very fun movie. It, it did have some emotional parts in it as well. Um... You know, and there were some funny parts in it as well. It was, it was, it was kind of like, it, it followed some superhero formulas, but it also followed some uh, anime movie formulas. Uh, so, um, and to compare it, since literally the most listened to podcast uh, episode on here has been the fairy tale movie one, which is really interesting to me, uh, I, I I'm going to compare it to that. I'm going to say, first of all, that it's not as good, I would say, and I'll get into that later. But uh, for now, I think I'll go into just what I liked about the movie and just kind of a brief synopsis of it. Okay, so My Hero Academia colon Two Heroes <laughs> takes place uh, between seasons two and three, which I believe are between the final exam arc. That's the one where all the students uh, fought their teachers. Um and and the beginning of season three, which was like the training camp arc, I don't I don't remember exactly what that what it was called, but it was before season three, so it was before and and I'm going to get into spoilers in this, so uh, be prepared. You are you are forewarned. So it's before all for one is defeated, and so that kind of it kind of came to play in the movie a little bit, uh, and I'll get into that a little bit later. But if you didn't know and you don't care about spoilers, clearly. Uh, just to give a little synopsis of the film, it's about where All Might, as well as a bunch of the students that we know and love, are invited to basically the superhero world's fair, 
um, to kind of, I don't know, be on exhibition, essentially. Uh, not for them to be on exhibition. All Might definitely was. But uh, for, uh, like, the latest gadgets and for a bunch of superheroes to talk, they didn't really go into, like, what the point of of the fair was, really. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. They didn't really get into that as much as I, I would hope. But anyway, so... Uh, um, All Might is invited by Melissa Shield, who is the daughter of a an old friend of All Might's, and uh, sh- and All Might brings Midoriya along, the main character of the show, um, to uh, just kind of be a guest, uh, and um, so Midoriya and Melissa uh, get together not get together, but they get along really well, um, and, uh, man, I'm sorry, I, this, this is the whole point of the podcast, is to just, uh, practice how I can talk, so, uh, there's, uh, something goes wrong, though, uh, during, during the main, like, banquet ceremony, and, uh, villains take over, uh, and then the, the main students, so the main characters basically have to, uh, you know, combat the villains and, and take the, the facility back over. But then there are a few plot twists in there. There's like a triple back thing where you think it's, you know, this guy is behind it all, but then it's this guy behind it all, but then it's this guy behind it all, but then it's this guy behind it all. Like, that's not actually exaggerating. That's that's literally what, what it is. Uh, let's see, go through it. Um, you think that villains are behind it, and then you find out that David is behind it, and then you find out that Sam is behind it, and then you find out that Wolfram is behind it, and then you find out that One for All is, is uh, no, All for One is behind it. So, uh, yeah. Um, so to talk about some of the good things about it, uh, and of course All Might and, and Deku save the day, of course, as they do. Um, but to talk about it a little bit, uh, I... I I liked it. It definitely showcased a lot of the characters' powers and things, and um, you know, I I kind of, you know, at first I thought like there was uh like the first five minutes or so took the time to kind of explain uh Deku's situation and like how he got his powers from All Might, which I didn't really like at first, but then it kind of grew on me that like yeah they kind of needed to do that. Um, and, uh, so, you know, you can't really go into it with, without knowing at least some of the backstory. Well, I guess you probably could. I don't know. I guess I'm kind of indifferent about that. But, um, some of the things I liked, I liked that they introduced people with no quirks. Uh, because obviously at a superhero school, you don't get that as much. Um, you know, it's kind of to make the the uh, the parallel to Harry Potter, I guess. Really, the only representation of people without magic powers are Filch the Caretaker and the Dursleys, who are not, you know, the best kind of people. But in this, it's it's really interesting because you know the the people you see that don't have superpowers are actually like really well nuanced uh 
optimistic people, despite the fact that they're literally in the lower 20% of, you know, they're, ba they're almost people with disabilities, almost, to be honest. It's, it's kind of that same kind of thing, because, like, you know, we think about, ah, never mind, I'm not going to go into that, because, you know, it, it could get controversial real quick, but, uh, so, other things I like. It definitely followed the, it, it's a very much an anime trope that you have a bunch of people at the beginning, and then, uh, they, uh, and then they, they run into a bunch of different obstacles, and then a few people take on each obstacle while the others keep going. That's, I feel like that's a very popular anime trope, because I've seen that in Pokemon a lot, actually. I've seen that in Fairy Tale. Uh, I feel like that's just a common, you know, uh, I'll take this guy, you go on and fight ahead, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, but I, I thought it did it kind of pretty well, actually, because, you know, it, it definitely brought into play the individual powers of the students. Because you had, who were, who were the students on there? Deku, I apologize if I forget names, uh, uh, Uraraka, uh, Ida, um, Bakugo, uh, Kurishima, uh, Kaminari, Minata, Jiro, and, uh, Yao Yorazu. Were there anything else? Todoroki, obviously. Um, I don't think I'm forgetting anybody. But, um, so those were the students that were there, which is an interesting choice not to bring Froppy, by the way because she's, like, a fan favorite, especially in the U.S. But, uh, so, anyway, as I was getting into, the, um, the way they break off isn't like, you know, the Pokemon third movie, where they're like, you know, we realize that we're not the main character, so we're gonna handle this while you two more important characters go on ahead. Uh, it's more like, my powers are predisposed to handle this specific situation, uh, Melissa specifically is the most important one because she has to, you know, uh, disable the security and we have to get her up to the 200th floor. But on the 80th floor, we run into these specific villains that we have to take care of, uh, not disable the security, enable it again. Um, and so you have Kaminari who has to, you know, disable the robots with his electricity. Uh, but Melissa sees that like, oh, uh, Gravity has, you know, the power to alter gravity, and so she should come with us, uh, because that'll probably be helpful in getting us, you know, up higher. Um, so, uh, yeah, so it, it did pretty well on that trope, although I don't really like that it followed that trope necessarily, but I'll get into that a little later. I do like that we see a little bit more of All Might's past. Like, the first scene, the first scene of the movie was so awesome, and I wish they had done more with that in, in referencing it and then kind of doing more flashbacks, but uh, the first scene was really cool. They showed All Might pretty much in his prime or in, at a younger time and uh, friends with with David and the, the cool F-Zero-style car was was really fun. Uh, and, you know, it was, it was a nice, uh, opening into the action, uh, and, you know, their relationship in general, which I wish had gotten a little more screen time, but was actually really interesting to see, 
because you don't really get much into All Might's relationships besides his with Deku. And so you see kind of like how he inspires other people, but also how David really inspired him. Uh, so, so that was really cool. And then you also see that in Deku and Melissa's relationship too, how they kind of spur each other on to inspire each other, even though they don't really know each other that well. Um, let's see, other things I really liked about it. The colors in My Hero Academia are always really fun. I mean, and, and it, this kept kept to the, the same vibrance, I would say. Uh, let's see. Um, I guess I'll talk about the things I had a problem with. Okay, so here are some of the things that I didn't really care for. Uh, probably the main thing is that this was more an anime movie than a superhero movie. And I, I hate to kind of fall back on the formula that Marvel has done, because, like, this is obviously, you know, made for a different audience, made by a different country, and, you know, it, it shouldn't be the same. It shouldn't follow the same formula. But, you know, you had pretty much nonstop action from about the midway point in the, in the film, where you had, like, critically acclaimed, like, Captain America Winter Soldier, where the pacing was, like, really, really good, where you had a lot of action, and then uh, some slower moments where you get to know the characters a little better, and then the uh, then more action, then more softer moments. Uh, but you didn't really have that in Two Heroes. You had, uh, yeah, you had probably too much action... Uh, you they kind of interspersed that with you know where they show All Might being tied up and the villains kind of plotting. Oh, and also they show the other students playing Uno. That was that was actually a pretty funny moment. I really like that. Uh, nice brand throwing in there. Uh, so um, you didn't really have that as much, and I, I realize why because you obviously want the most character development to come out of. Uh, to, to come out of the series because you, you kind of want this movie to not be officially canon. Uh, but, see, the thing is, like, I've seen a, an anime movie that did really well that was based on a series that was kind of canon but not canon, and that was Fairy Tale Dragon Cry, where, you know, it, again, you didn't really have much character development, but also you had that idea that, you know, it's very much foreshadowing to what Natsu is, and his real identity, and uh, his, you know, kind of questioning himself. Like, we didn't actually see that in the series. We saw, like, oh, maybe I am something different. Like, we actually saw that in the film, which didn't really, you know, you don't necessarily need that in the series, but it's it is really really interesting to see that in in the, in the movie. Uh, but see the thing about two heroes is that it's supposed to take place between seasons two and three, but it comes out like midway through season, actually toward the end of season three. So you you already know what's going to happen. You already know that all for one has been defeated and sent to high security prison. Uh, you know. Like, 
all these characters have since enhanced their fighting styles and are really, really good compared to what they were in this movie. Um, so, it, it, I don't know. The fact that they focused so much on action and the powers really kind of makes it a little bittersweet considering that you have, like, you know, you have step one, step two, step three, step four, step five of of progress and then suddenly have something take place back in step three. You know, it's, it's, I, I realize it, it takes a lot more production value to go into a movie and they really wanted to, to push it hard as a, as a summer release. Um, but just the timing of it was, was not good, I'd say. Uh, but you know, it, it could have been a lot worse there could have been a lot more references to the, the to what was happening right then in the series. Basically, the main problem was, uh, again, the the powers. Like, Deku couldn't really control his powers that much, so he needed the gadget from from Melissa, and also the reference to All for One. Uh, but um, so that's that's kind of one thing I had a problem with. Uh, another thing is the fact that. While I liked David and Melissa as characters, they didn't really show much of them. And, and you know, this goes back to, again, them doing a lot of action sequences and not a lot of character development sequences, which they could have done on the original characters of David and Melissa. But they didn't. They, they could have shown a lot more, like, flashbacks to when All Might and David were, were uh, uh, fighting together. Which, by the way, was what I thought the movie would be about, but uh, it wasn't. It was, like, the main characters of the movie were the students. It, it wasn't All Might and, and David, it was it was the students. Uh, which, you know, it makes sense that Midoriya and Melissa are shown to be, like, the successors of All Might and, and David. But, like... I, I wanted to see more of their relationship. I thought that would be really interesting. And, like, how Melissa has dealt with being quirkless. Uh, also, another thing is that I wanted to see Melissa basically be Iron Man. Because, like, they have the gadgets to be, you know, to, to fend for themselves, basically, in a quirk society, like I would think. But they they don't do anything about that. They specifically assume a support role. Which, I would like to see a character that is quirkless, like, maybe as a villain, that actually, like, stands a chance against them. Like, I mean, you see that in pretty much every DC and Marvel superhero thing, where you have, you know, someone without powers, but still, like, with either a superior intellect or lots of gadgets, uh, manipulate and, and be the villain of the series. But, you know, I, I'd like to see that in this as, as the, and being good guys. Because quite frankly, David and Melissa are basically just thrown around like ragdolls uh, without really much uh, besides uh, I'm going to stay in the back and, and let you superheroes handle it. And Melissa does, especially toward the end when trying to protect her father, was, she reaches out a lot too. But, you know, why don't you have like a gadget that like shoots him with an energy blast or something? Like, why, why are you missing this opportunity? I, I really would have liked to see more of their gadgets and, you know, to, to see, like, what, what they do besides the few things that we saw. Because especially, like, 
you know, you have uh, Melissa being uh, conveyed as the successor to David, but what is she being the successor of? You know, you see David in the in the first uh, in the first scene, like driving the car, and you, and you find out that he designed all the outfits for All Might, uh, and and made this this big thing that's basically the uh, MacGuffin of the of the film. It's re- it, of the movie. It's it's revealed, uh, but you don't really see much else. You don't really see much like quality of life stuff, which would have been really fun. Uh, and you don't really see much of Melissa either uh, doing that, except for the, the arm brace that she makes for Deku. Uh, so I really would have liked to see more of that and her put up more of a fight so that we would have uh, seen more of why it's important that she is a successor, a successor, there we go, um, of David and like why it's important that she exists in this world, I guess, because we didn't really see much of that, quite frankly. Um, so, so that's one thing. Um, yeah, uh, let's see. What else? It wasn't really consistent that All Might basically used up all his power and yet can still fight all for one later on, but I mean, they kind of pushed the canon non-canon line in this film, in this movie, so I didn't really, you know, I it, that's okay. You can do that. Dragon Ball has been doing that for years. You can, you can, you can make a fun movie that's not canon, and I don't really consider this canon because you don't really have anything that adds to adds to the to the series. Whereas like Fairy Tail Dragon Cry did, um. So, uh, yeah. Um, oh, and also Dragon Cry had, like, the, uh, like, best moves of every, every wizard that up to that point, which is really cool. Uh, so, yeah, anyway, um, next segment I'm going to talk about, uh, Iron Man. Yeah, that's right. I'm gonna do that, huh? So, anyway, uh, there, there were some problems with, with the movie, but it was still really, really fun. I would heavily recommend it. Uh, okay, so, next segment. Okay, so, I kind of wanted to talk about this because it, it, I feel like Two Heroes raised an, a very interesting question to me, and I don't really know where this is going to go, but I'm just going to start talking and see, see where this conversation goes. But, uh, basically, like, what I talked about in the last segment was where you had these basically super geniuses, not to the power of, not to the, the level of having a superpower, but they were really smart and they were really uh, intent on supporting the heroes with with gadgets and and clothing and stuff like that, which really raises an interesting question. Where, um, like, you probably wouldn't have an Iron Man in this universe, and that's because uh, you know eight. What did they say? Eighty percent of the population has a quirk, has a superpower. Uh, so you know, if you if you took the Marvel universe where Iron Man is considered, like, one of the most powerful or one of the most, like, well-known, like, I-can-solve-anything superheroes. Uh, like, that was basically on par with, with David Shield, with David and Melissa Shield. But, you know, David and Melissa saw that, like, I'm assuming the support role, which, you know, I don't really care for. But uh, it, it'd be interesting to see, like, 
Iron Man in in that world to see how, like how he would stack up. And then you have Syndrome too. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. You had you had Syndrome from The Incredibles, the first Incredibles movie. Uh, not have superpowers, but basically make enough gadgets and robots and stuff that he could uh, basically have superpowers based based on that. So, you know, I guess this is a question that has been raised a lot of times, uh, and not recently, but it just kind of came up in my mind to think, like, why didn't David and Melissa make, you know, basically Iron Man suits? Or, you know, you have the technology, and I assume this takes place in the future, uh, My Hero Academia does, uh, where you have the technology to basically make superpowers by for yourself. But the thing is... Uh, this is a very nuanced, uh, series where you see the, the people with superpowers use said superpowers in very inventive, very powerful ways. So I feel like even if you try to make some sort of Iron Man suit and hold your own as a superhero, you still wouldn't, uh, you know, stack up to someone like All Might or... Uh, even some of the, some of the students probably have, you know, something that could incapacitate you or, or, or just surpass you, I guess. Um, but then you, you live in the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe where, you know, starting out, uh, basically the main heroes were, um, Iron Man. So somebody in a metal suit, a metal robot suit. Uh, and a soldier who had been uh, enhanced enough to have somewhat enhanced strength, but not to the level of like someone like All Might. Like, yeah, yeah, that's something I stand for. I stand by, by the way. Like, All Might could be Captain America any day. Uh, but I think as as you go farther in through the Marvel Cinematic Universe, where you have uh, people with superpowers like Spider Man enter the 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 fray and and Thor. And and some other people, then you'll probably start to run into you know Iron Man's not going to stack up, and it really seems like he he can based on you know he's taken on Thor and and held his own and and fought Thanos and everything, but like in My Hero Academia, I think at some point he would have to assume like a support role, where you know these people with superpowers not only have uh, the power, you know, the super strength or anything, but they know how to use them in such a way as to, uh, you know, someone without a quirk wouldn't stand a chance. Although, you know, that, that's up for debate. If you want to, to, uh, let me know if you disagree, because I, I'm kind of on the fence about that. Like, it all depends on the individual situation, you know, but, that the fact that David and Melissa Shield in the movie uh, specifically said, I want to make, and, and even, uh, what's her name, May, uh, like, delegated themselves to, I want to make gadgets for other people to use, other heroes to use. So you have that kind of thing. And, you know, it's it's a very interesting world they've created where, you know, you don't, you don't pass the test, you make gadgets for heroes. You, you can't become a better hero, essentially, with gadgets, which is, well, 
but then you can. Ah, man. Okay, anyway, the it, it's, it's a really interesting thought experiment. I'd like to hear your thoughts about it. Let me know. I'm on Twitter at HeartRightYT, and uh, you can find me on my YouTube channel as well. Just search HeartRight in the search bar. Um, so those are my thoughts on, on the movie My Hero Academia, Two Heroes. I really enjoyed it. I had fun. It, beyond anything else, it was a really fun movie. I would definitely suggest watching it. Seeing all the, like, the vibrant colors and also some of the inventions were pretty cool too. Uh, seeing All Might swear is really funny. Uh, and, uh, you know, every, everybody uses their powers in, in some way in there. So it's, it's really fun to see like all your favorite characters, you know, come to the big screen and everything. And so, yeah, it's, uh, and there's a point at the end where you have kind of, uh, the 3d element, which is actually pretty, pretty cool when you consider like, oh, that probably would have gone to all for one had, uh, all might and Deku not defeated Wolfram. Anyway, uh, so yeah, I, like I said, I would have liked to have seen more of the relationship between, uh, David and All Might. I wanted to see more, uh, like, gadget and intelligence and kind of sticking up for herself for Melissa, considering she's being the successor and basically put on the same plane as, as Deku. Uh, but, uh, you know, it was really fun. Each, each character used their powers. It followed some anime tropes, but challenged them. And, you know, it it made me feel good. So, those are my thoughts. Anyway, uh, I will talk to you later, hopefully very soon. Uh, like I said before, this podcast is just for helping me talk better. Uh, because I don't really talk that well in long form. And clearly, I'm out of practice. So I'm going to be more in practice, I promise. And I'm going to talk about some things that I can talk a lot about. Uh, so if you, if you even look at the past podcasts, uh, you can see there are a variety of different stuff. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know what the next one will be, but, uh, hopefully it'll be soon and I will talk to you guys a little later.